Okay, great. I think everybody else has got one. Um, well, we are into a portion of our study this morning um, that has, uh, as we've been in a study of the Holy Spirit, we are, um, our study this morning is moving uh, beyond uh, looking at his personality, his attributes, um, his works, and his representations, which we looked at last week. And our time together today is going to be spent on the Holy Spirit's role in revelation and what revelation is and then how uh, both the method and the means and the material uh, by which uh, the Holy Spirit um, evolved in revelation and inspiration and, and the channels of how that messaging comes to us. Of utmost importance. Um, so there's, a, there's one slide at the beginning of this that I want to... Um, uh, talk about very quickly, which is not in your notes, so you may want to jot some notes down here um, as we look at it. Uh, but let's take a look, if we could, at um, where people pursue where people pursue truth. And I thought this would be a great kind of uh, intro intro to our time together um, about this subject. Um, so the first way that people pursue truth is what we call um, come to know know as uh, discovered truth or general revelation. Um, could somebody explain to me maybe what that might be? General revelation or discovered truth. Go ahead. Whenever people ask, well, how are people to be saved if they're from some remote place and they've never heard of God or been told of Jesus? And they're supposed to already have some indwell, indwelt knowledge of that there is a creator that they are, and that there is right and wrong, mm-hmm. basic things that are... <laughs> yeah, DNA, hard drive, yeah. Okay. Um, if, if nothing else existed, there's things around us as that we observe, right? I mean, there's, there's the world, there's, you know, the animal kingdom, there's uh, that microscopic things that a naked eye can, a microscope can get to, there's the... There's, there's, there's the heavens as we know them, the planetary observation of things out there. Um, there's this earth that we see and touch, and there's, there's, there's the incredible, um, amazing uh, nature that exists. Um, so, through, through all these things that can be observed and touched and felt, um, anybody who has a rational mind um, can therefore make observations from that that says something. Um, and so it's, it's those observations that we call discovered truth. So discovered truth is about looking at creation, looking at providence as we know it. It's looking at, you said earlier just a second ago, our conscience that does exist somehow. And so there's some kind of like, well, how did this get here? How, what? What's right and wrong? What, how does all that exist? And you can make interpretations based upon those observations, right? So that's what we call discovery. When a person discovers something that they didn't know before, they're most likely using what we call general revelation. General revelation or discovered tr- truth is available to all mankind. second thing here is what we call mysticism or relative truth. Mysticism or relative truth. Um, so if discovered truth or um, general revelation is really kind of out there, 
okay? Uh, discovered uh, mysticism or relative truth is from within. So it's literally like me trying to figure out what is true or if truth really exists from within myself. Like, what do I think? What do I think is right and wrong? So it really quickly goes from what I think to, well, if you think something different than I think, then therefore what? Either I'm right or you're wrong or, you know what? We're okay. It's okay for you to have a different perspective than I have. And you know what? Um, even if it's completely opposite, um, it's relative. Because if you believe it, then it's true. Or I believe it, and it's true. So that's the natural progression that that takes. First of all, it's I believe it, it's true. You, you don't believe it, you're wrong. Then what will happen is the migration path, which we're seeing today, will actually move beyond that, which makes sense. <laughs> It makes sense that there's only one right and wrong innately, okay? But then it's now it's moved to, well, um, two things can be polar opposites and yet be true. And therefore, whatever you believe is fine for you and whatever I believe is fine for me because my definition of reality, my definition of truth is all that matters, and that makes it true. That Now you're getting into a pretty slippery slope, a scary scary background that says at the end of the day that really, I mean, let's be honest, there is no truth to know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the end game of it, right? I think they will. I mean, how can I have any truth? Right. Correct. Exactly. And it's very well thought that my truth is truth. But that's a step on the that, that's a step in the direction of saying that, that if if you really in your heart believe that tolerance exists, then you have to come to a conclusion that says, I don't really care what you think because what I think really matters, and so I'll let you think whatever you want. So there must be some there must be some the you know truth must be totally experiential or it's what I think. Just you on yeah, all of a sudden it's amazing how truth might change, right? <laughs> Yeah, relativism stops pretty quickly when it's when something happens to you <laughs> that you say there has to be something right and wrong, right? Somebody just stole my car or something, you know. Well, I thought it was true for me. <laughs> yeah. People who insist on their truth being the only truth, they end up hurting themselves that it's not destroying to everyone else. For example, if you and I compete for the same job, and know in your heart that uh, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and I'm convinced that 2 plus 2 by guess who? Yeah. Because you get the right number. And, and the assumption behind that, that is that within the mathematical world that there's that, that truth can be known and that there is an absolute. And our world functions in that, but they lose their brain when it goes to you know everything but that, right? Yeah. It's like, well, who said that 4 is the right answer? Well, we believe that. Well... Okay, see what I'm saying? So, uh, but, but, you know, in the world of math and some of the world of science, we're, we're still there, but the vast majority of the rest of the world has gone to an experiential knowledge of true understanding, yeah, which is mysticism. It's really from within. So the next one here is special revelation or revealed truth. Th- these are the only places you can go. Yeah. Just, just a comment out of people... Hmm? Yeah, if we re- redefine it, it must have been the way it was. It's the way people continually do this. Yeah. I've, I've read so many things historically has been true. Exactly. They're just, just fundamental. Yep. I mean, yep. for 
Yeah. Maybe they don't, but they just... Yeah, if, know, if, if fundam- fundamentally that so changed, it well exactly, you. it will go well with you. At least they start there and take them to where they yeah, need to. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> the key phrase in what you said was to please. Yeah. Because people do change. Yeah. You know, if there's a guy who's always been <coughs> always nasty, finding somebody bigger, fed up with him, and uh, face, this guy will make up his mind to be nicer to other people. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't necessarily please God. Exactly. That's the whole point. You know, I mean, um, uh, and I would, I would contend personally that given enough rope and given enough time and given enough space that the nature of the heart will be such that it will go back to the way it was. Um, so it's, it, that's why it's so hard to think about counseling ministries um, without the Word of God. How, how, do you, how do you encourage change? It can't. It's so hard, you know. I mean, talk about the things, right things to do, but unless you get the motivation behind the right things to do, it's going to go back the way it was. It's just too hard to do it. Yeah, and I've always said only, only the Spirit of God can change a person. Only the Spirit of God, and that's what this is about. Um, so the other thing, looking to God for answers. Some people, especially televangelists, in certain areas. They say, God told me, he told me that. They call themselves an apostle and, and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes it's only a dream, and they think it was God talking to them. Yeah. And I can dream about uh, flying an uh, airline yeah. uh, aircraft. It doesn't make me a pilot. Right. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Um, it's a really good point you bring up. Mike. The other thing here is um, we would have no idea about things which will, will take place. And God has historically through time said these are the things that are going to take place and never once have they not taken place and if you just go through just a, a fundamental um, evangelistic uh, message it's and use prophecy as as the fundamental uh, um, enabling t- tool for that message people are going to walk away and go I better check this out because it's so unbelievably powerful um, to be able to speak about um, on prophecy that has existed and has come true, and you know, so the you know, so the you know, so so the assumption from that is right. Well, if 100 percent has come true and all these things have, have have occurred, and God has said some things about the future, hmm. might want to think about maybe this will happen. <laughs> Follow me. So yeah, yeah, that's a good good and, point. And, uh, you know, yeah, in, in yeah, Idaho, yeah. See it, see yep. That's a really good point. It's a, you know, yeah. Whole, you know, even satanic. Yeah. You know, and, and demon yeah. worship and that kind of thing. Great point. Good. Uh, absolutely. So, um, key, key, key thing. Well, that's... Uh, t- turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews. Yeah, you get it. Boy, man. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, um, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and two. Let's begin our time together this morning with this verse. Anybody? I read that out loud. Hebrews one one and two. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and in the prophets in many portions and ways, in these last days has spoken to us in His Son, whom we are of all things through whom He also made the world. Okay. So just put it out there right out front. Um, he's saying um, the author of Hebrews is saying that God. Um, has spoken long, long ago to the fathers. These are the forefathers. It's um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, and others, right? Um, in or by uh, the prophets. Um, 
So, and he says he's done it in a in many portions and in many ways. He's done it in a, in a piecemeal fashion, but all the pieces hang together. <laughs> and he's done it in what 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 we call a progressive way, in that um, earlier revelation hangs together with later revelation, and it all connects and makes sense. Okay. And he says, in many ways, this is the idea of methods or manners. We're going to talk about that today, how that actually has taken place. And he says, in these last days, um, now he's talking about, he has spoken to us through his son, his son being Jesus Christ, whom he, quote, appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the world. So this is establishing the supremacy of Jesus Christ above all, above all. And he says, in the process of, of messaging to mankind, did this before, and he most recently has done it through um, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, cool. Right. Uh, last thing here is that we call this thing the Bible, or the Word of God, which is the Scriptures. And that's what we refer to as um, special revelation or truth, real truth. Um, okay. <coughs> Um, let's move then to our uh, definitions and take a look at, uh, first of all, revelation. First of all, revelation. Um, revelation actually means to disclose or to unveil. To disclose or to unveil. The, the very essence of it um, says what? That we can't see it today. There's a cloud. There's a cloud hanging over it. There's a veil in front of it. There's um, there, there, there's we don't have the ability to see behind the curtain of it. We wouldn't even know it existed unless a God says it. Couldn't know it. That's what Revelation here speaks of. Um, I, I did an analysis of uh, the scriptures and I found just the words God said. Okay. Um, just the words God said as a as a phrase, forty six times. God. Words the Lord said, four hundred thirty seven times. Words uh, thus says the Lord is four hundred sixteen times. And the words God spoke, I just cho- chose a few of them, right, and took a look at them, um, fifty seven times. So what does it tell you? I mean, just a couple of examples, right? All. Different situations and circumstances. Completely different verses, all these added up. Just a few of them. Okay? Tells you what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huh? Listen. Absolutely. Need to listen. And that and that he he's messaging his heart to mankind in a way that um, got written down in a way that um, is for our good and for us to know him. So yeah. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> let's take a look, at, if we could, at Ezekiel um, in the Old Testament and the prophets. Ezekiel chapter two, verse two. Ezekiel chapter two, verse two. Someday I'm going to preach or teach this passage of Ezekiel one. It is a fascinating passage. I, I kind of delved into it when I was in talking about angels and. The, the incredible beauty of the seraphim. But in chapter 1, we have a situation that occurs in the um, plain, by, uh, in, the, in the plain, um, uh, in, uh, uh, in the plain by the river Ch- Ch- Chebar, Chebar is, is, is what it's called. Um, 
and there was this incredible vision of uh, Son of God um, and these angelic beings and throne of God's throne. How looked standing of it. It's an amazing passage, chapter 1. But we come to, after him, quote, seeing the glory of the Lord in verse 28, and falling on his face. You see in chapter 2 um, uh, that this individual speaks. So the Lord, the Lord speaks. He says, Son of man, stand on your feet that I may speak with you. And as he spoke to me, which is the Lord, says, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me, and said to me. So what role does the, quote, Spirit have in this, in this gig? He controls him. Tension getter. I think chapter 1 would have gotten his attention, but, <laughs> but, but the Spirit did that in the first place, right? Um, and, and caused his ears to be able to understand the voice of the Lord. Amazing. He opened his ears up so that when God spoke, he understood speaking. God knows all the languages. <laughs> he spoke in a language that, that Ezekiel heard and understood. Isn't that amazing? It was cool. Um, so, the Spirit of God is, is, uh, does that. The Spirit enabled him to hear, that, hear, that, hear the message there. Um, actually enabled him. Um, turn with me to Ephesians um, chapter 3. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, let's take a look at verses 4 through 6. Could somebody read that out loud? Ephesians 3, uh, verses 4 through 6. Whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge of Christ, for ages was not made known unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the sacres of his Christ by the gospel. So let's understand what he's saying here. He says, and by referring to this, what is the this here? Pardon me? <coughs> Where they heard, which he calls a what? Revelation. Um, some other passages, uh, uh, translations may call it a mystery. Okay, so when, so he's saying, by referring to this mystery, <clears throat> this word, this revelation, <clears throat> when you read, uh, you can under, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So there's this thing called this mystery of Christ. The word mystery here has to do with the same issue that we're talking about. Something's a mystery in Paul's language until it's revealed. So when something's not revealed, it's a mystery. A mystery doesn't mean like it's a novel, you know, a mystery novel where you've got to go find out the clue and it's knowable. Mystery in the scriptures actually means unknowable. Literally has not been chosen. It's behind the curtain. Nobody can go behind the curtain unless God opens the curtain, curtain, curtain up. That's his point. Nobody up till this point in time in all of time and history understood or had had understanding of what this is that he's going to reveal. Only God to Paul to communicate this issue. And, and, and it's called the mystery of Christ. So it's not a puzzle, not, uh, but it's hidden completely. Hidden, notice, by God. Hidden by God. Okay, And he says, which in other generations was not 
made known to the sons of men or mankind. But it has now been revealed. It's the, the, the specific acts, the events, the nature of the, of, the, of the message, and the message itself has now been disclosed by God to who? <coughs> who has he disclosed this message to? Okay, first of all, to the Apostle Paul. Second of all, at the end of verse 5. Prophets in the, in the Spirit and His holy apostles. So who are these holy apostles and who are these, quote, prophets in the Spirit? When? Is this Old Testament? Yeah. Because other generations didn't know it. Right, because he says the other generations didn't know it, so it couldn't be the old ones, Right? He says, I've disclosed it now to Paul, who's going to set... Cause it could, so it had to be pre-Paul. It couldn't be pre-Paul, right? Because Paul says he's the first one and only one that God discloses to. So it's got to be somebody who's within this context called the church. So the apostles are from Christ, 12, 13 apostles, okay? And these prophets, then, must be these New Testament prophets. Be New Testament prophets. Because if you look back up to verse 20, 19 and 20 of chapter 2, what does he say? So then you are no longer aliens, strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. And this household has been, uh, has been and is being, is the idea, built upon what? The foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. So he he explains who these apostles and prophets are. The same language he uses up there, down in chapter 3, um, verse 5. And so, if that's the case, then it's got to be the New Testament apostles. And it's got to be apostles. You had to have, have <coughs> lived with Christ or seen him in his post-resurrected state. So it's the apostles, the New Testament apostles, and it's got to be the New Testament prophets. So he's saying the New Testament prophets are those who God spoke through to your point, it's written down this thing called the New Testament. Amazing. Well, the thing is, uh, it is after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Apostle Paul comes on the scene here, uh, as it describes in these uh, three, that the Gentiles are now partakers of the same generosity of God. Absolutely. It was not the case at the time Christ walked the earth. His desire was that all along that the people of Israel would have messaged through them to those Gentiles, but they never did. They held it like a reservoir versus being a channel of God's grace to the, to the nations of the world. Yeah. And so that's his point. He says, my point all along was that this would take place, but you never knew it up till now because of these, what's, what had occurred. And I'm here to tell you that my... The focus of my ministry primarily now is going to go to the Gentiles during this church age. Well, actually, they're pretty much on an equal basis if the Jews that listen, you know, but they Correct. can look forward to the Messiah to right. come when he's already been here. Correct. And, and he says, I'm going to put, during that time frame, being influence on their hearts, you know. Yeah. Not going to be able, not all of them, but the vast majority of them, because he says there's always going to be a remnant of believing church age. So, but, but this mystery is exactly that, that Gentiles are now fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, and fellow partakers of the promise. This promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel is not a different promise to the Gentiles. 
It is that they are members of the same promise that God made to the Jews. It's going to make them two into one. So, um, Revelation here refers to the material. The word revelation, it's talking about the material that's messaged, or it's the message, it's the material, it's the, it's the what, not the how. Okay. Revelation means here. Inspiration. Uh, inspiration actually means um, uh, God-breathed. Is how it's come to to mean, God breathed. God breathed. Um, we see God, uh, a definition of it here is that God's um, God's process of superintending, superintending. Talk about what does that mean? Pardon me. Overseas, architects pulls all things together to make it happen. Absolutely reverberates about his sovereign nature, right? His sovereign nature can superintend. Only God can superintend. Over human authors, so that using their own individual personalities, okay? So he didn't like, he didn't like, you know, give them a message without working through who they really, he had created them to be. So literally, when you read Paul, or you read Peter, or you read you know, Moses in the Old Testament, or whomever, you see their personalities come through. And you see that it's different. James, John, this, that. Very different. Um, so he uses their own individual personalities. They, they composed and recorded without error. His revelation to man in the words of the original autographs. So, without error... Uh, his words to man in the, in the original autograph. So that is inspiration. Um, turn with me to Second um, Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter three, verse. Um, we're going to look at sixteen, but I wanted to read a couple of verses before. We want to read the um, two verses before that, uh, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. You, however, continue in the I'm convinced of, knowing from childhood you have known the writings. I love this passage just because it's like, you know, you talk about the supremacy of, of the Word of God. It's like, you know, why is it supreme? God breathed it. <laughs> you know, God spoke it, you know. Um, but I love the, a lot of times we don't understand the verses 14 and 15. He's talking to Timothy, his protege, and he says, You. Continue in the things you've learned and become convinced or fully persuaded of. If you look at chapter 1, verse 12, he talks about the fact that this came to him through his grandmother um, Lois and his mother Eunice, that these truths were passed through the generation of godliness into lives in such a way that it transformed their lives. What an amazing thing. And And he says that you became convinced of these knowing from whom you have learned them. He learned them from his, his grandmother. He learned them from his mother. And now he's learning them from Paul. He says, you're, you're fully persuaded about these things because you know the people who've passed these on to you, that they are, they are men and women of God. Okay? And he says here that, um, and that from childhood, from infancy, uh, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom which leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Which are, which are these sacred writings he's referring to here? Don't miss this. What are the sacred writings he's referring to? Yeah, 
Yeah, because the New Testament's in process, right? And so he says, the sacred writings which you have learned and been able to understand through your mom, your grandmother, um, and and myself, okay, have have been, and it wouldn't have been, even been through Paul because he's talking about from infancy. You knew these things, okay? So these sacred writings, these Old Testament scriptures, he says, what about these? This is so powerful. He says that that through these, they were able, are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Wow. Amazing. The Old Testament has the truth from a revelation perspective, if fully understanding, to be able to fully persuade a person to come to Christ as a result of faith. What else do you need to know? You know a lot of times people go, well, you didn't, couldn't see it in the Old Testament. Wrong. Wrong answer. Okay? It says you do. Okay? <laughs> Maybe you didn't, you didn't put the pieces together, but the pieces are there. Okay? For this. And then he goes into verse 16. He says, all Scripture. Again, that would be the, from the very beginning to, to, to the end. All of it is inspired by God. God breathed, created, and breathed through into mankind's hearts to be able to write it down. And this is the thing that I'm always baffled by. If God is so incredibly glorious and majestic and and powerful and sovereign in nature that He spoke to mankind and they wrote it down... Don't you somehow think that he has the capability to keep what he wrote down perfect? <laughs> I like go these people that talk about well he you know they did that and then you know he just they didn't keep it up to date and there's a lot of changes and stuff you know it's like hello I mean don't you think that God can do that It's like a person says well a person came to Christ you know and they they really are a child of God and they were saved. And and then they then they went away from God and, and and you know what they're not saved anymore. It's like first of all, I didn't have any part in getting there. God got me there. Don't you think He has? Don't you think you can come be fully persuaded that He can keep that which He He started until that day? Amen. God is God has that capability and He will do it. And it's His word. It's not ours. And He's going to hold His word in absolute confidence. We read in the Scriptures that the Word of God is eternal in nature. This Word of God, this thing here, not the book, but the words, are the only thing, along with souls of mankind, that are going to outlast this earth. They will be eternal in nature. They will never pass away. What a great, great promise we have. All Scripture is inspired by God. So inspiration here refers to the method. Refers to the method. If revelation is is the message and the material, then inspiration is is method. It's the way in which it gets done. I don't know. Unless you use the Word of God in your speech, which is which could be done, but it's so much more powerful to just read. Oh my goodness. It's just like he uses these actual words. Not my words. These words. Somehow he convicts through these words. The Spirit of God uses these words. He's put them here for exactly that purpose. Yeah. 
It's the Spirit of God and only the Spirit of God that can convict us. Okay, channels of revelation. First and foremost is Old Testament prophets. Uh, Jeremiah 1, 2. I'm not going to read those, but you can go and look at them. Um, the Old Testament prophets, he works through those and he, and he speaks through them. The second one here is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Uh, turn with me to 2 Peter 1, 21. 2 Peter 1, verse 21. Uh, let's do 20 and 21 if you could. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Whoever's got that first, go ahead and read it. But know this all of all that no prophecy of Scripture, a matter of one's own prophecy, was ever made by an act of human, by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So revelation is what we see in verse 20, and inspiration is what we see in verse 21. Verse 21 says, Men moved by the Spirit of God spoke from God. This word moved is the idea, uh, is inspiration. It's the word we get inspiration from. It's the idea of to, um, to, carry, on, or to carry or to bring along. It's literally, uh, it, it came to mean like when a sailboat was in the water and the, and the sail was unfurled that the um, boat was carried along by wind through the sail. And it's the same picture we get of the Spirit of God coming along with the sails open of men, New Testament prophets or Old Testament prophets, and blowing through that sail to move that person along in their ability to write down his word, what God spoke, and get it perfect and get it right. Does that make sense? So um, uh, that's how that's how that is. I put a third one in here, so go ahead and write it in there. I, I, for, but New Testament of prophets and apostles, as we looked at already, um, New Testament prophets and apostles, um, methods of of revelation. I'm not going to go into these in detail. I really would encourage you to read these. Man, I I had just a heyday going through and studying these um, to the the four different methods that God did use. Um, the first one is to the spoken word, spoken word. Um, so he literally um, speaks to Moses. You know, he he says like, um, "I'm going to be in a cloud, and I'm going to be like visible to the people, and and I'm going to talk to you, and you're going to talk to me, and the people all around are going to hear this." I, I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like here, our conversation. Think that would have made a difference? Think they would have like. Believe Moses then? <laughs> yeah, thank. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. second one here is dreams. So first is spoken word of God to people. Um, second one is dreams. Um, Abimelech. I, I just, I, I so encourage you to, re- to study Abimelech for, for, for sure. A fascinating passage. A fascinating passage. Dreams. Abimelech is a, a king. He's a pagan king. God gives him a dream to change the future course of all of history. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, next one is is visions. Visions. Uh, really encourage you to look at Daniel here. I mean, just the whole picture of the future of this world and the kingdoms of this world are given to Daniel through a vision. A vision. So a vision is um, literally transported, whether in body or 
in your mind to a place and shown something. Okay. Next one are theophanies. What's a theophany? Anybody got a thought on that? Right. Before he actually physically came to earth, this is what's called a theophany, a, a physical appearing of Christ in the Old Testament. There's multiple. There's four I give you here, but the one I would encourage you to really study is Gideon. Oh my goodness. Just a fascinating, I mean, so much to learn from that, what Gideon did. Uh, a, a, a fascinating study. In the, in the Old Testament, Judges 6.22. Uh, long and short of it, real quickly, is he, uh, was during the time of the judges, and the judges, um, everybody did what was right in their own eyes, and God said, okay, I'm going to bring all, of Midi, all the Midianites, all of the Malachites, and all of these people that, that come to grips with all that. And they brought them against Israel. And there was no man to stand against them. And they were just getting you know, taken out. And so God comes and meets with Gideon and shows himself, the pre-incarnate Christ. And he literally recognizes, is, is allowed to recognize that it's the Lord. You see this with um, Abraham, remember too? He said, remember uh, Abraham... Three men came, and remember Sarah, he, he prophesied that Sarah would have a child, right? Well, those three men stayed with him and ate and everything else, and he, he saw one of them as the Lord. The others were two angels. So, um, amazing things. Um, okay. um, next is the Old Testament. Um, just kind of in closing this out here, um, Old Testament writers were conscious that he was guiding their writing. Um, 2 Samuel 23 he talks about the fact that David's speaking here and he says, I, I wrote the very words of God because the Spirit of God indwelled me. How powerful is that? He says, I knew it. I knew it when it was happening. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, so they were guided by him. Christ taught that the Old Testament, uh, the people who wrote the Old Testament were guided by the Spirit of God. And on top of that, the apostles taught that. Um, the apostles taught that the Old Testament was written by the Spirit of God through men. In the New Testament, um, Christ affirmed its complete inspiration. Christ said that that's how it happened. So he actually um, validates that uh, firm understanding uh, there. Okay, And uh, the other one here is that its writers, the New Testament writers, actually recognized they were writing Scripture recognized they were writing scripture. So, I, I, I turn, turn with me to Galatians chapter 1, verse 12. Uh, Galatians 1, verse 12. <clears throat> um, why don't we uh, read verses 11 and 12, if you would. Galatians 1, verses 11 and 12, somebody. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. I neither received it from man nor bought it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. So I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, you don't have to turn to this one, but 1 Thessalonians uh, 2.13, I'll read it for you real quick. Um, 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says... Um, but we should always, um, sorry, First Thessalonians, I'm Second Thessalonians. 2.13 says, For this reason we constantly thank God that when we, you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the words of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which, by the way, quote-unquote, 
also performs its work in you who believe. So that power, that transforming power is that work in us that only the Word of God can do. Transforming power. The last but not least here is um, they recognized each other's writings as being inspired also, which is fascinating. Somebody want to read for me 2 Peter 3.16? 2 Peter verses, chapter 3, verse 16. If you have that, go ahead and read it. Uh, let's uh, do 15 and 16, if you would. 2 Peter 3.15 and 16. Right? Unstable place to their own. <coughs> yeah. So what is he saying? He's saying that yeah, Paul's Paul's message is some. First of all, he's he's been given wisdom from above, right? And he says, our brother, beloved brother Paul, in all of his letters. So he speaks of all these letters that Paul wrote. He says um, what he says is sometimes hard to understand, but but he but he says and he says that like um, unprincipled people. False teachers distort what he's really trying to say in them. But, and, but then he has this, this comment that says, as do they of also the rest of scriptures. <laughs> so he, he is acknowledging um, clearly that Paul's teachings are what? Scripture. And they're part of the scriptures. Yeah, part of the scriptures. So you see that um, back and forth between those who who did write and message. So, amazing. So, so what's the so what out of all of this? A couple things let's rub to the ground as we close. What, 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 what are the so what's that you have as a result of understanding the Spirit of God's role in revelation and inspiration? Without Him there's no salvation. Amen. What else? Okay. Maybe all... Understanding. Okay, we, we, we come to understand by the Spirit. He says he gives us that ability to illuminate our hearts as a result of inspiration of God that's occurred because of revelation. Okay. Um, also, uh, we um, we can absolutely have utter confidence in the scriptures that we have as a result of the fact that it was the Spirit of God that that wrote them. Don't we somehow think that if God says my words are eternal, they, that He can preserve through His sovereign hand? You know, the scriptures? Come on. I mean, you know, what's that all about? So, how do we, um, how do we have absolute confidence, you know, in, in the scriptures that the message we have is, is what was intended? It's because of God's character, his, his sovereign hand. Um, anything else that you can kind of take to application? From the perspective that we talked about here is that, is that uh, um, truth is knowable. And, and what we need to know about truth has been given to us <laughs> according to according to uh, according to second uh, uh, Peter he says um, we've been given everything we need for life and godliness everything we need for life and godliness so I mean it, it creates in me just an absolute passion for the Word of God an absolute craving to know God an absolute like fundamental like just I mean, it's where words of life come from. We looked at last week, remember, with the Spirit, you know, the, from within will flow rivers of living water, abundant life by knowing God and, 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 and obeying Him because to, to, we, we, we delight in, in doing so. Well, there's no greater joy. There's no greater joy in our hearts. 
So let's take these things as we close our time together and uh, remember them this week as we as we go through an exploratory situation in a thyroid, whether we go through a meeting with Siemens, we go through um, you know a, a term paper, um, whether we're um, just, uh, waiting on the Lord for direction in our jobs, um, just wisdom from Him that we would know and be fully confident that uh, this thing we have is can be absolutely confidently trusted and. We can bank our whole lives on it. Promised is faithful, and he never changes. You know, last week Gabe did something stupid. Yeah, no, not amazing, because he can get just uh, touch the supervisor in a way that advisor felt, you know. But either way, and Gabe came home, and he was so worried, because he's just like, I had just, I praise the Lord. so glad they got it on. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, one thing that I'm learning, I said, is make a mistake, okay, I wanted you to do it. through it. Amen. I said, if you Amen. keep the job, I don't care if you're keeping yep. it, then you need to be yep. moved. Yep. Because you moved. You raised. Yeah. And, you know, it, to me, I was just like, you know, him, he was, you know, gay. Kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> and it was just, it's really true. If we just rest. And what a wave fast, wave of peace, you know, and yeah, engulfs your soul. I so. told my sister, there's a verse that I saw, and it was, uh, the verse was, the question was Cain about going up to Cain and saying, Hey, where's your brother? And he says, No, I'm not my brother's keeper. Uh-huh. And the verse, what God said, it was just like all in all. I said, and I, I kind of came away with it, and I keep telling him, is, We need to know what's right. Yeah, how do you know what's right? We know Unless what's it's right, truth. <laughs> then we're going to be blessed. Amen. And he's going to be ahead of us. Amen. We don't have to worry. Not that it always happens, but it's, yeah. it's really true. Amen. Even in those situations. Yeah. 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 It's just hard to see when you're going Amen. Through. And what God provides. He's so gracious because He provides. Amen. Because right now the storm is, ooh, but she, He provides her sister. Lives. He provides His presence. And if you And listen. And listen. We'll see that. Amen. We'll see Him work. Amen. Appreciate you sharing that. That's so powerful. Would somebody like to close in prayer? Good. Good. <laughs> Live lives that brighten you, Lord. <coughs> your minds stay with your word. Amen. Amen.